Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. Macatrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, all sorts of pre-owned inventory. Great service department and sales staff, whether it's to get that state inspection, get a big part replacement, or just a simple oil change that's all for you. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Loaded show coming up on this Thursday. Brandon Gowden from BTN. You see him on the NFL on Fox occasionally. And also the voice of Madden NFL. He'll join us at 335. He's done the last two Penn State games on BTN. So he's got a good perspective of where the Nittany Lions stand on the hardwood, so we'll get in touch with him at 335. Chris Mack from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh at 406 with the latest on Ben Roethlisberger's end to his Steelers career, just waiting for the official, official word, so to speak, and where the Steelers go from here at the quarterback spot. And then the King's going to join us today. We're going to do picks today instead of tomorrow for Divisional Weekend. So we got a lot to get to today. Should be a lot of fun. Now, I do want to start with just as an as an aside, real quick. So this has been just totally breaking the internet today, where you have this reporter from West Virginia. Uh, her name is Tori Yorgi. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Who is actually going to be going to Pittsburgh very shortly to serve as a news reporter for WTAE, February 1st. She was hit by a car during a live TV shot last night while working for an NBC affiliate out in West Virginia. She gets hit by the car, keep, somehow keeps her composure, and is able to finish her live shot. She's a Penn State grad. So there you go. Uh, if, if you haven't seen the video, it's I shared it on the WKOK Facebook page. 
make sure you check that out. It's it's something. That's I, I give her a lot of credit. If I were in that spot, I don't know how I would have been, but it probably wouldn't have been pretty. But there, I, there you go. Penn State grad in the middle of that. But that's just a quick aside. And then this just came in from uh, Penn State men's basketball. Penn State, one of 11 schools in the nation to sign a top 25 recruiting class in both football and man's ba men's basketball for next year. There you go. That's what I'm talking about right there. Of course, the Nittany Lions are back in action Saturday at Iowa. So we'll have a recap of that coming up for next week. And another good test for the Nittany Lions as well. We'll see if Seth Lundy will return after not being available in the last game at Ohio State on Sunday. Of course, last night's game in Minnesota was postponed because of COVID issues with Minnesota. So there's Penn State side of things. And also, too, last night... Joel and B for the 76ers, 50 points, tying a career high. Now, I get it. It was against the lowly Orlando Magic, who actually gave the Sixers some problems last night, catching the Sixers asleep. But what he did last night, is he made a number of plays that just made you go, just like, man, oh, man. Like, how? Between... Him going the length of the floor after getting a block, a bucket, a layup, and one. A huge three late in the third quarter to help the Sixers start pulling away. A tough turnaround jumper, and he's really gotten that mid-range jumper down pat. But just the turnaround, Jay, it was just amazing. That is one of the top performances I've ever seen from him. I mean, that was just so much fun to watch. He really is must-see TV every time the Sixers play. For the amount of 30-point games that he's had this year, he had he almost had a uh, was close was approaching a Sixers franchise record for most consecutive 30-point games on the road, I believe it was, with 8 before that got before he uh fell short of that. He really is just a remarkable basketball player, and he's fun to watch. And he's been carrying the Sixers virtually all year. So that that was... What are you griping about now? No, I, I'm praising uh, Joel Embiid's just stunning performance last night again, where it just made your jaw drop at least three or four times last night. But then I also mentioned, too... Uh, so, Tori Yorgi, I, I texted you about this earlier. They're a reporter from West Virginia who got hit. Mr. Controller. Yeah. Hello, sir. Are you there? Ah, no, there you I are. think you can there hear you. me now. Yeah, there we go. I mean, you realize that our highest rated spots are when you're on by yourself griping? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is all praise today. All praise? Yeah. Joel Embiid, 50-burger last night. And oh. giving props to the young Penn State grad reporter from West Virginia who's broke the internet after getting hit by a car during her live shot last night. <sighs> okay. I didn't see it, but 
You should. Oh, it's nope. it's pretty remarkable. She did a, she did a terrific job. So did the anchor too, by the way. Um, I guess she's going to Pittsburgh. Somebody told me. Yeah, she'll be starting at WTAE apparently February first. Good. Well, good for her. I'm happy for her, and I'm glad she's all right. All right. Broke the internet. What does broke the internet mean? That it's gone basically viral all over the place. Well, yeah, but what does that mean? There are 8 billion people in the world. How, there's 335 million people in this country. How many people, like, what broke it? What Define it. Oh, what broke the Internet? Yeah, I mean, how many people? how many people have viewed it? Some, of course, like, have viewed it, like, 12 times, so that's 12. I'm I'm sure a good portion of the population at least knows what happened. I didn't know what happened. But you told me. But that's why that my point is not about her. It has zero to do with her. Okay, I'm not trying to in any way, shape, or form. I have great respect for what well I was told she did. I mean, wow, that that's that's special. But this thing about viral and whatever, I, I sit there and go, okay, it's been viewed one million times. Wow, there's 335 million people in the country. So if it was viewed one time by a million people, that's 334 million people that did not view it. <laughs> I can do numbers too. It's a different. It's a different generation. I got it. But it doesn't mean that I can't sit here and go, okay, really? <laughs> wow, it had a million views. Okay, that's great, it had a million views. There's 334 million people in the country, there's 8 billion people in the world. That's good? No? Yeah, maybe. You have no, you have no idea how to answer that? What? I guess numbers are numbers, but bottom line is it's it's everywhere on the internet. Okay, well I, I'm happy for her. That's that, that's great. And I'm happy she got a job in Pittsburgh, which will be great for her. <laughs> that's okay. When I was, you couldn't get get me on the air. I, I I got a phone call from the West. Oh, no, no, it's Jack. It's <laughs> oh just, that West. He, okay, he just, PA he just West. Wants, he just wants me to call him back. That's all. That's that's. I, I will at some point. <laughs> it's not just not going to be this minute. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, today's show. We got the king at the end. We got Chris Mack today. We have Brandon Gowden today. I think I have that all correct, right? Correct. And you not complaining today. But can't explain what break the internet means. <laughs> oh, I'll try not to complain today. By the way, I'll complain. Okay, I'm watching. 
Now, look, I had to watch the Iowa-Rutgers game last night. Now, I watched a video of Iowa-Minnesota with the idea I was getting ready for Minnesota. But, you know, you're watching Iowa 2, so the next two opponents head-to-head. So I watched the Rutgers-Iowa game last night. That's as bad a college basketball game as I've watched in a long time. <laughs> I sat there and said, if I didn't, I'm looking at the TV last time thinking, if I didn't have to do this for a living, I would not be watching this. <laughs> it's just, it was awful. Uh, Beck, let me see here. Because uh, I, I redid all the stats today, but. I've got to bring the box score back up here. The final is 48-46. And this is, this is a gigantic problem for the Big Ten in the, in the postseason. It's a huge problem for the Big Ten. The Big Ten, right, there are some good athletes in this conference, good athletes, but there are there no more than a handful of great athletes. There's like, there, there's like a Jaden Ivey, and then that's it. So last night in the game, there were 119 shots in the game. 119 shots. 84 were missed. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul. 119 shots in the game. 84 were missed. Right? I think I had that right, right? That's 40. Maybe I may have got a, maybe it's 74. Um, 17, 34. No. No, 84 is correct. <laughs> 84 missed shots. Oh, my God. That's impressive. Gary, Gary Dolphin last night had to come up with 19 different ways of saying no good. It's, it's just it's stunning. Rutgers was 5 of 16 on layups. Jordy Bohannon, who is just a great outside shooter, but he's in a slump. I mean, he is in a slump. It was 2 for 11 last night, and that's, not, that's a trend, recent trend. He had three air balls last night. What? You know how many bench points? The Iowa bench is averaging 31 points a game. The Iowa bench averages 31 points a game. You know how many points they have from the bench last night? going to say zero. Exactly. There wasn't a single Iowa bench point last night. Wow. And they averaged 31 a game. Their Iowa bench had no points and three rebounds. I mean, that game was a horror show. I mean, I hope there is nobody from the Iowa office and nobody from the Rutgers office that hung by the phone last night waiting for the call from the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame to see if they wanted a video of the game. Because there's no way anybody in Springfield, no, we don't want that. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Hey. I said, I mean, look, and I believe me, and I'm the I'm the guy that in his career has done. Look, when you've done 
How many games have I done now? 1,172 basketball games? Something like that. Okay. I did a 33-33 regulation game, Penn State-Tennessee, that Penn State won in overtime. I did the 38-33 game at Illinois. I did the Big Ten tournament game that Penn State beat Wisconsin 36-33. So I've done games like that. And as I've told my class in teaching moments, with five minutes to go, it then becomes winning and losing, and there's a margin. And um, and now it's like it's, you know, it's a three-point game. It's a two-point game. It's a one-point game. It's a five-point game. Where winning and losing comes into play, and that's how you have to treat it. But as a neutral observer watching the game last night, that was a horror show. I said, back, I said, I said, my goodness, this is bad basketball. Now, that doesn't mean Iowa's going to come out and play that way on Saturday. I mean, Iowa is a free-flowing day. I mean, Iowa entered the game with the third-ranked offensive efficiency in the country. They're now number six after the game. I mean, so, I mean, offensively, you know they're darn good. And Murray leads the nation in scoring. He had 13 points, 13 boards last night. But he had 13 points on 14 shots, and you know what I think about efficiency. But, man, that was bad. Bad. I mean, I almost came down here to see if I could get the Shikalimi game. All right, um, no? S-U-I-T, that spells Suta! Yeah. S P E C I A L. Special. So Is he even in today? Oh yeah, he's in today. So he's not out selling anything? Well I can tell you he definitely was earlier because he had to call me about something and he was on the road. He didn't know how to change a tire. <laughs> <laughs> Back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Okay, so. I literally just got off the phone with Mr. Ham. He wanted me to tell you hi, Matt, by the way. Ah, oh, hello, Jack. And uh, and then um, he also want, he wanted to make sure that he, that 
that we all knew that that he was able to get a renewal with the court when it comes to the suit. Uh, but <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Stay. No, seriously, because he brought up a couple of interesting questions because he talked to Dan Deardorff this morning. And, I, uh, and then he you know, ran a couple things by me. It was like, wow. It was very interesting. You would have loved the conversation. I mean, hearing it on the air, you would have loved it. But, but you didn't, so you get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to tape All these right. things next time. No, no, no maybe no, not. Yeah, maybe what, not. what are you with the FBI? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, for goodness sakes. You know, I mean, deep down, I know you want to be an agent. The outstanding Brandon Gowden now joins us. BTN, Fox, Madden. Great to see you on Sunday, my friend. Yes, it was, Steve. It's always good to see you. And I, uh, there was a chance that I was going to be working the game against Minnesota yesterday, but obviously, unfortunately, that did not happen. So how are you doing? Uh, doing well, because I thought I was going to be working the Minnesota game, too. <laughs> 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 and then found out, oh, contraire, mon frere. Uh, uh, so, so now it's on to Iowa. Uh, for you, what's your next assignment? I was supposed to have Ohio State on Saturday, but that one, I got moved off of that. And now I have Illinois, Maryland tomorrow. And I have um, Villanova, Georgetown Saturday, and then Purdue Northwestern Sunday. So I got three and three days coming up. All right. So you've been going in the day of games. I mean, I know you did Michigan State, Northwestern on Saturday. Then you came in and did Ohio State, Penn State on Sunday. What kind of organization has it taken on your part? to take care of one day after the next like that in different locations? Yeah, I think what has changed, Steve, is a couple of years ago pre-COVID, you never went in day of unless you just absolutely had to. But I think what last year showed the schedule makers and the bosses is that, well, now we can pretty much pull off anything if we could have gotten through last year like we did. So they still don't want you to travel in day of. But with the COVID issues, announcers are changing games frequently, and you've just got to be flexible. And uh, so the, the hard part is that flights aren't going as often and with as much reliability. Um, but I, I think it's just to the point now with all of this stuff where they say, you know what, we are stretched thin with announcers as it is, and with all the COVID issues, we've got to try to get people in different places on back-to-back days. So it has been a little bit of a logistical challenge. Knock on wood, I have not had any issues, and hoping that this next three games and three days stretch, uh, we don't have any issues pop up. But it has been more difficult, but the summary, Steve, is that I think three years ago we would have looked at what we're doing now and said, well, that's crazy, and after doing it last year, we kind of like, well, well, you know, what's next? So, uh, right. just you just kind of roll with the punches, right? Exactly. Um, what does it take though for you organizationally? I mean, how far ahead can you get on somebody? Do you? I mean, do you have, for example, will you have the Villanova game already prepped before you walk in and do the Maryland game? Yep, that's a great question. I'm working on Illinois Maryland right now, and my hope is to get one of the two teams, Villanova-Georgetown, done by the time I go to bed tonight. 
Now, the tough part is that it's a 7 p.m. tip tomorrow night for Illinois, Maryland, and then a noon tip Saturday for Nova Georgetown. So there's not much time in between. So I do want to have Nova Georgetown completely done by the time Illinois, Maryland tips off tomorrow. And then I'm not going to look at Northwestern and Purdue since I've seen both of those teams several times this month until after the Nova Georgetown game. Now, the good news with all six of these teams is I have seen all of them, but I have not had Illinois since November. Um, Mm. So right now I'm going through and reading all the beat writer articles from the last three weeks and really trying to get caught up on what I've missed with Illinois. Because, you know, we all have a – that follow the league, we all have a cursory level of each team. We know the players. We know most of their stories. But but you miss the nuances of who has had a great five games, who missed two games with COVID. So it's just trying to go back and refresh all of that. But, yeah, I, I am planning to have both games prepped for before the first one tips tomorrow. You had um, Michigan State Northwestern on Saturday. And Northwestern, without Pete Nance, won the game. What really stuck out to you? I know the ending was a little different, but what stuck out to you about that performance by Northwestern on the road? Because they haven't won there, I think, since 2010. Yeah, yeah, it had been a while. And they just struggle with, as most people do, but Michigan State in general. I think Tom it was 39-5 and against Northwestern before that game. Um, I guess what stuck out to me was I thought without Pete Nance, they would really struggle in several areas. Obviously, scoring the basketball, I thought they would struggle on the glass. But Ryan Young, I thought, was really the the X factor. And the guy that only plays 17 minutes, and most people that follow the Big Ten, they're like, "Ah, who's Ryan Young? Oh, he plays for Northwest. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. Because he hasn't really had this career. He's a junior now that just jumps out at you. But in that game, he was just solid all the way around and really controlled things in the paint. I thought I thought he was he was the difference maker. Everybody else chipped some, they hit some shots, they had some great stops on defense. But I thought Ryan Young was the deep, the difference maker. Now for Michigan State, I just I just don't know right now, Steve. I I look at them and I wonder about their point guard position, and I wonder also late in a game like that. It was almost like, okay, who's the Batman here? Who who are you going to when you need a bucket? Um, and and I don't know right now that they have that figured out. Obviously, they're good. My question is, are they great? And and I guess we'll see that as the rest of the season unfolds. But I think they have to they have to figure out who their go to guy is in in late game situations. Well, two years ago, and Penn State went in there and beat them two years ago. And Penn State, as you and I both know, two years ago had a really good team. Mm-hmm. Penn State went in there two years ago and won. And on that team, Michigan State had Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman, two pros. Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I look at Michigan State because I had them um, in December. I don't see any pros on this current team. I think it's a bunch of good college players but I think that's what they are, a bunch of good college players, which I think is rare for Michigan State to not have somebody that's a standout that is a pro. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, most scouts are coming in to take a peek at Gabe Brown, but he still has quite a bit to prove because he's 6'8", and he's not overly strong. He does shoot it well. I think he's near 40% from three. But I don't know that he has all the tools that translate to the next level. Well, we'll see. I I could be wrong, and I'm not sitting here claiming to be an NBA scout. But your point is well taken. 
Um, and the other guy I think that they, they think has a really bright future is that freshman Max Christie, who's yes. been good and has been coming on late, but he struggled in key moments in that Northwestern game. And he's, he's still a freshman, and he's not one of those freshmen that just looks like this kid that's going to, okay, one and done and jump to the NBA. That's not him. Um, he, he's going to have to develop and get better. So it, it, from that standpoint, it is different. Uh, but I, I do, uh, if they can get the point guard spot a little bit more solidified, you know, A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker have kind of been sharing those duties. And as of late, Hogard's had a little bit more success. Walker's the older transfer from Northeastern. I, I think mm-hmm. if they can maybe get some more consistency out of that spot, though, um, but they're still, as you know, they're still really good, and I think that they can still be really dangerous come come February and March. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, just they've got a lot of really good college players on that yeah, team. Yeah, that's right. Uh, right. Um, now you saw Penn State Rutgers, and you had Penn State Ohio State. Micah Shrewsbury his first year. Now you've seen him a couple of times in person. What do you think about what they're doing with this team? I like it. it to me. So I think I told you this, but uh, Shrews and I were together for three years at Butler when he was an yes. assistant there, and I was doing Butler's play-by-play. Right. And so, I, so, so disclosure: I'm, I'm very biased towards Micah Shrewsbury. <laughs> so, um, so am I. Good, we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> but I say that because when I watch him, I see a lot of the old Butler principles, and I don't mean in every way that they're playing. It's different. He's calling his own sets. He's also taken some stuff from his time with Matt Painter. So I'm not. This isn't a carbon copy of old Butler teams. But especially the, the, the pace and the defensive side of things, how tough they are defensively, really reminds me of what I used to see from some of those Brad Stevens coach teams. But I think what's cool in, in talking to Micah before the game, and look, every coach does this, but Micah has really taken principles that he learned from Brad at Butler, principles that he learned from Brad in the NBA, and then everything that he learned from Matt Painter and he's put his own stamp on all of it and put everything into a blender. And he's in his first year, what, 15 games in? He's still trying to yeah. figure out what works. Mm-hmm. But I would say, honestly, if you would ask me beginning of the season, not because of Micah. I, I knew Micah would have success. But I think they're ahead of where I thought they would be. And, and yes. that's because of you look at what Penn State lost. And, yes, they added some new pieces. I get that. And some good pieces. But with what you lost, I actually think that they're ahead of where I thought they would be, and I, I think that they're going to continue to be competitive down the stretch. I've enjoyed watching them play, and I, I think, I think the, the players. You're never. I never saw a player, and it's different when they're an assistant. But I never saw a player that had a bad word to say about Micah Shrewsbury uh, in his time at Butler, and then at the time at Purdue. Like everyone always raved about what a great guy he was, what a smart coach he was. And I just I think that's going to continue. I think he's going to have that reputation as a head coach and players in that area. And you know how Penn State has that Philly pipeline. I think that reputation is going to get around. They're like, hey, we, we like to play for this Micah Shrewsbury, and he's going to get a lot out of you. And I think recruiting is going to be helped by that. Right. And not only that, but I think the background with the Celtics and working with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that resonates yep. with young players. You and I both know that. Uh, yep. And – at Butler, what I found interesting, we went back and looked at this. When Butler went to the national championship uh, and Gordon Hayward missed the shot from midcourt, he missed it by, what, an inch, two inches? 
Uh, yeah, but just, that. You, why why are you bringing him back these memories? I, I know. For me? <laughs> I, I know. I'm killing it. I'm be, I'll bet you made a great call on it too, because I thought I thought it was going in. Uh, uh, but but Butler averaged adjusted tempo, fifty nine possessions a game. Penn State's at sixty three mm-hmm. on adjusted tempo right now. So this is a tempo that he knows how to play at with the right players. And that's why I think a lot of fans may not realize. I think people just thought Butler ran it up and down the floor. You witnessed it firsthand. That wasn't the case. Yeah, and but there's a difference, I think. Here's where sometimes a misnomer can come in. I think people, oh, that's, that's boring. That's not fun to watch. Uh, it, depend, it depends your person. Of course, it depends whether you're winning or losing, right? But beyond yeah. that. It depends on your personnel, how you're running sets, and what you're doing, and how much freedom you're giving your players. And Brad Stevens' players never felt limited. Like they always, they enjoyed playing for him, not just because he was a good coach, um, but sorry, but hang on, let me get off my headphones here. Um, they're about to die. Uh, yeah, it's okay. You can take okay, care of that. Okay, can you hear? Can you hear me okay. now? Loud and clear. Okay, so let me continue with that point. That, and not just because Brad was a good coach, but no one ever felt like, oh, he's not letting me play my style of game, or this this isn't for players who want to get up and down and be athletic. No, they just knew that they were learning a lot, they were running incredible sets, and their IQ in the game of basketball was growing. And so uh, there, there was never a player, whether it was Shelvin Mack, who was great at getting up and down, Ron Nord, I'm mentioning all these old Butler players, Hayward, right. too, was up and down. They, nev- they just weren't worried about that. And, and I think that's what I see with Penn State, a team that is still fun to watch and that will continue to be fun to watch, even though they may be playing at a lower possession game. Right, exactly. exactly. Because I see it with this team here. They love playing for them. And, you know, they, they love what they're running on offense, right? As long as you're playing defense, he's cool with everything that's going on out there on the offensive end. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do have to ask you the obligatory Madden question here. Uh, pe- people who play the game, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not one of them. I know, I know you're surprised. I. I, I know you're surprised. Uh, <laughs> right. But they'll tell me it's amazing. Like they'll talk about something that happened last week. How often do you have to update, and how much is that home studio paid off for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do it. We usually do sessions every week. So we had one Monday this week. Sometimes during basketball season, it's difficult with the cadence because I'm gone a fair amount on Mondays and Tuesdays, and that's usually when they like to record. But we probably have, gosh, I would say 75 to 100 sessions in a year, probably closer to 100. And they're usually about two to four hours in length, depending upon how much audio the studio can handle. Um, So it's pretty frequent. It used to be more frequent pre-COVID when we were making those trips down to Orlando. So for the first three years, Steve, which I started doing that in 2016, for the first three years, I went down there 35 to 40 times a year and would stay there on every trip two days. So we were doing more sessions because they were trying to build up the library of commentary on the game. Um, and also because they knew that I was hungry and stupid enough to make all those trips. So, um, but since, since they put the little makeshift studio in the house, um, we're still doing a, a, a high volume because that's more than they ever have done on the game before. 
But since they've had those few years of, of commentary sessions built up, we don't have to do it as frequently. But it has saved the headache of, of going down. I live in Atlanta, flying down to Orlando Monday morning at 6 a.m. and then coming back Tuesday on the last flight back. And it, I can't say that it's helped my dating life for some reason, but uh, it, ha- it, has helped, it has helped my sanity. <laughs> That's so. okay, because believe me, I, I lived through... Uh, Young, hungry, and stupid. Okay, so <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm still stupid, but you know, <laughs> and I'm still hungry every day. But I'm, I'm not doing crazy. I'm not doing as many crazy things. How about that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you, you mentioned not playing the game. It's it's interesting. I I haven't played the game since. I, I mean, I've played my nephew a couple times because he has the system and he wants to play when I go home for holidays and he beats me every time, but I haven't played the game since college and I'm now, gosh, I've been out of college 15 years, so I've kind of had to retrain myself how video games work through the commentary without actually playing it, because I just, I don't know why I can't, I can't stomach being the guy that has a video game system in his living room and is playing it at night eating Cheetos before he goes to bed. God bless those that do, but I just I can't bring myself to do it. So. Well, well, I know I can't. So <laughs> I know I can't. Oh, it is always great running into you whenever I can. You're one of the best in the business, and uh, appreciate it very much. Oh, Steve, appreciate it. You know that that goes both ways. And I don't know when I have you guys next, but I know it's in February. Actually, I think I have you the day before Valentine's Day, so I'll bring you some chocolates, okay, and and some roses. Well, wonderful. In (laughs) fact, you know what? Why don't you save those for your dating life? <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll just take a nod. How about that? <laughs> by, by the way, I just checked. It's the 15th. I come in to State College on the 14th. Ah. So so I'm going to be uh, putting out the Valentine's Day vibes at the Courtyard by Marriott. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. It's it's literally a half mile from my house. All right. Great. Oh, man. Always good to talk to you, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thanks, brother. Great to have you with us. All right. See you. Bye. The outstanding Brandon Gowden. Wow. Uh, See, what bothers me is that he's saying he's talking about the Cheetos thing, and all I could picture was the suit. I, it's just I sat there and went, oh, because I, I mean, because he plays this thing all the time, right? I know he used to. I don't know if he still does, but I definitely know he used to. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I do know he still eats Cheetos. How about that? <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. In his office, eating Cheetos. <laughs> playing video games and calling Matt to see how to change a tire. First of all, you go find the Jack. Oh, watch a Jack. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the only Jack I know is Ham. <laughs> oh, Pavlik. Pavlik. Oh, he just texted me. Oh, no. What's the verdict? What's the temperature? S- 74. Ah. Oh. You dirty dog. 
Yeah. Uh. I just texted you, dirty dog. <laughs> he just texted me from LAX. Oh, 74. I'm going to text. I'm going to text him tomorrow night when I get to Iowa. I go, minus 11. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I Make will. him feel bad. <laughs> oh, no. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay. <laughs>